Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, look, it is a day of rejoicing in Sun Devil Nation. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a day we've been waiting for. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the, hopefully the start of something good. Ray Anderson has announced his resignation. He was, at the time of his resignation, one of, I believe, the top three highest paid athletic directors in the country. Um, Which is wild to think. I mean, I, I like, yeah, we don't have to go into that, but that's just crazy for so many reasons. His tenure included firing Todd Graham, allowing Herm Edwards to leave with his full pay despite a pending NCAA investigation, the loss of a number of assistant coaches, etc., etc. He hired Tracy Smith because he felt like ASU baseball needed to go outside of the family. Um, he lost Charlie Turner Thorne. He lost the softball coach. He is generally overseen an athletic program that has had better graduation rates and worse on field and on court performances. I, I think that's a fair assessment of his uh, decade. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think I don't see how you could argue that. I, I know people, you know. If you want to be that the glass is half full and it's not half full, it's it's maybe a quarter full. But if you want to be optimistic, you know, you'll say, well, we made the basketball tournament, what, three times? Well, you know, we made the first four, mm-hmm. all three of those times. Um, wouldn't have made the tournament in pre- – so comparing it to previous eras, you really shouldn't. Um, I mean, football is and, – and, you know, before this conversation is up, we do need to discuss the football game from this week. We did – we didn't get a win, but um, it's headed for, you know, its worst two-year stretch in, you know, the modern era, the the WAC, Pac-10, Pac-12 era of ASU. Um, we've never, you know, we were six wins in that stretch and might finish there, at best eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, football has regressed badly. Basketball has maybe tread water. Baseball has regressed Women's basketball has regressed. Uh, softball has regressed. Softball, yes. Women's, uh, yeah. I mean, like, it's hard to point to a sporting, a, a sport that we have that that existed, yeah. um, you know, 15 years ago. Hockey. Not the ones that are brand new. It's basically, um, do, do you like Sun Devil hockey? Because if you uh, yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, uh, yeah, take out the hockey, take out the, you know, field hockey and whatever, you know, the sports that didn't exist. Um, is there a sport that's in better shape than it was in 2008 when we graduated? And that's not all his time. I realize he can't, you know, after that. Yeah. But, but I think it's a, I think it's a good point to look at for us. It's 15 years. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's a good barrier. And, and look, it's not like ASU was, you know, a, a gem of an athletic department back in 2008. It's not like you yeah. know, oh, we did everything right. We were the, we were the Ohio State of the, you know. West Coast, no, but we were in better shape than we we are now. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I agree with you a hundred percent. I I think that this was one of those things where I guess we'll learn now. Was he there so that Crow could have someone to blame, or did did he was he executing Crow's vision, or was he? hobbled by Michael Crow or what because the comments about the NIL the, mm-hmm. the decision to impose a bull ban now granted we obviously are, weren't going to make a bull this year now we know that but 
you know, taking the wind out of the sails of a first year head coach, bringing in Herm Edwards, touting the new leadership model, talking about how everyone's going to be laughing now and Mm -hmm. we'll be laughing Mm -hmm. later. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where now that it's over and you can put a bow on it, we spent a ton of money on a guy who didn't have a lot of knowledge of college athletics. Yeah. Yeah. And he got us a hockey team and cost us a lot of our identity. Um, Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't want to blame him entirely because you, you said it like, was he executing Crow's vision? Well, Crow put him in this position and kept him in this position. So, you know, whatever it is, like Crow is responsible for him and either letting him run amok or doing, you know, or, or having him do what he wants, whichever it is, it's not good. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the Ray Anderson years have, coincided with uh, you know and especially these last couple and i think we both say it um you know the the toughest time of for me i can only speak for myself you can agree or disagree that the toughest time to be an asu fan and not just because the football team isn't playing well we've been there done that you know like i mm-hmm. I, I lived and died with asu in 2009 when we went four and eight and we had danny sullivan as the quarterback so I think yeah. I've proved my bona fides as an ASU fan that I don't. We don't have to win ten games for me to be a fan. No, we we talked about this before the season started uh, with the bull ban and with the handling of yeah. Herm and everything. It's he operated, they operated with a mm-hmm. smugness, yeah, that just it, it was a turnoff. And it's like it's it one was. thing if you you know it, who, who is it, Ricky Henderson or. Somebody with the it's it's not bragging yeah. if you can back it up, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, true. It's, no, it's it's um. I mean, I remember you know, and I can't remember the exact wording phrasing. We could go back through our old podcast if we wanted to, but the the arrogance, you know, the the un undelivered arrogance or or unwarranted arrogance. I don't know the exact phrase mm-hmm. that you know after that press conference or media scrum when the big 12 move was announced and, and it was just a, it was emblematic of how they carried themselves. And again, it's important. You said it. I'll say it too. They, this is not solved by Ray Anderson leaving. This is step one of hopefully solving the problem, but it, it's, it's still a problem. No. And Uh, and I want to talk about the, the John Wilner tweet that I sent you, which was basically, Hey, They've identified the problem, but you need to now hire somebody who gets college athletics. And I, I have, really my, do. I have really my name. Do. I will tell you who I will back the Brinks truck up for. Yeah. Um, but you can't go be innovative. I don't want no. somebody who was like, you know, the ex, you know, head of you know, team operations for major league baseball. Right. Or, right. No, we, you know. we've done the outside the box thing with the last two. Well, Steve okay. Patterson before him. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and even to an extent, Lisa love, mm-hmm. she had been in college athletics, but she had not been an AD. You know, like we yeah. need to hire somebody who I think has, and this is going to run contrary to what I've said about the football coach and the basketball coach, but they're not the same job. No, these are, they're not the same description. We need to hire someone who's a current AD. 
Well, I, uh, I so uh, this my my guy meets your first criteria. Okay. And it's kind of in the Dillingham model of you go get an alum who's had mm-hmm. success elsewhere. I would take a low mid seven figure check to Greg Burns house and say, it's five years, this much per year, come home. Come, come if you home. could do it, that'd be, uh, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm he, all on board. I, uh, here's the, the thing. Idea. I would have told you that it's crazy until I saw that Ray Anderson was making about I know. a half million more a year. That's than a great Bird. point. That's a great point. You're right. I mean, you it's, it's, it's not, it's not salary that I think would keep him away. It, it would be more it's support, you know, and, and are you going to leave Alabama for Yeah. I mean, you but, know, but I know. here's the thing. And I, if you go to him and you say it is yours, there yeah, are two guidelines yeah. in the Michael Crow era that I think we have to accept. You cannot cut programs and yeah. we are not going to overpay for coaches. Right. And if you say those are the two guiding principles, you will, if you operate within that, I will leave you alone. Yeah. I would just well, and that's him what it needs check. to be, no matter who it is. Yeah, I would say. I, I mean, no matter who the hire is, if it's if it's another, you know, figurehead role, which is kind of that's another thing we we discussed at length about that media scrum is that it. I mean, it seemed like Ray Anderson only existed for Crow's folly at that point. Like mm-hmm. he was only in his job because Crow needed somebody to handle the the dirty work that he didn't want to. But really, Crow was making the calls. Crow didn't respect him anymore. It felt like, not that he earned respect, but I'm just, you know, a couple things there. It just seemed yeah. like he had no respect from him. Like, whoever it is, they need that ability to run the show. Mm-hmm. And, and look, Crow's his boss. I'm not saying, you know, that's sure. But it, it needs to be a the equivalent of a head coach who, you know, runs the offense and hires a defensive coordinator and says, the defense is yours. Yeah. I'm trusting you. You, you do what's right. You you tell me what players you need. I'll close the deal with them, and you run the show. That's what this needs to be, I think. Yeah. and I, so I don't know if it will be. I'm not confident it'll be that. But for us to have a chance to succeed, that's what it should be. I agree. And so what I will say, I don't think they will get Greg Byrne. But if no, I, I don't either. If I was the search committee chair or I was Michael Crow, mm-hmm. my first call would be to his agent – and I would say, what is the number that gets him to come here? Yeah, and then yeah, and yeah. then I, and then maybe yeah. the number is too high. But he's an alum. Sure, sure, he had success at U of A. He's had success at Alabama, and, yeah. and not just not just in football, and not just football and no. basketball. Those schools no. have good softball programs. Those schools Agreed. have good, good yeah good Olympic sports. I mean, they, yes. well, they won a yeah. national title in baseball under him. Right, right. You I know? mean, you think, you think Alabama, you think football, and deservedly. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You know, the basketball program has gotten a lot better. Some, you know. There's some problems. criticize that. And Nate yeah. Oates. And, but, but, you know, on the court, they're much better than they've been. Uh, baseball, I think, has been in a super regional college world series, something like that. Softball's, Softball's been, been in been the really college good. world series, women's yeah. college world series. I, I, I yeah. guess two. Golf. I know they have good yeah. golf programs. I mean, uh, you know, it's, so it's just one yeah. of those things where it's like, okay, these are the things that are important to you. Is not yeah. just football. You want to be able to do these things, and you want to say that sure. we're competitive in all these things. He's sure. got a proven track record. He went to ASU, and I just want. I think you have to make that call. There's no, I mean, that would you know. be, I agree. I agree. 
you know, you, you shoot for the moon and you hope you land among the stars type of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know his, his feelings on ASU. I mean, there are a lot of people who go to ASU and they just move on. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a giant school. And, oh yeah, I went to ASU. I mean, every college is probably that way. But you even know? if it, but then you it's know? just, even if it's about the money, I think you look at what you're paying Ray Anderson and you say, Oh, agree. What I'm saying is like, what is the pull of alma mater for him? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get the athlete, but if, if, you know, I don't think I'll ever work in sports again, mm-hmm. but the only way I would is if ASU came a calling because ASU had, I mean, for me, the pull of alma mater would, would make me think about it. And I don't know if that's, I mean, I have no idea if that's his mentality. You know, yeah. is, does he think like, man, I loved my years at ASU. I'd do anything to be back there. Like Kenny Dillingham, it seems, you know, Kenny yeah. Dillingham feels like, you know, he, he grew up here, he went here, this is where he wanted to be, and he got that opportunity. If that guy feels that way, we got a shot. If he doesn't, if it's more like, well, I, you know, I went to ASU because, uh, you know, I lived in Phoenix, and that was the school, and, and, you know, whatever, I've moved on, then I don't think we have any shot. I agree. But, but I agree. It's worth it's worth asking. And, you know, it's, well, it's, and the uh, thing is, you, uh, as you, long as you're prepared for the answer to be no, it's worth asking. Well, and you have the money, and this is why you yeah. like, you know, you do it in a way where, like, fine, maybe he leverages us for more at Alabama. Maybe sure. he never had any interest in coming here. But I think you do it in a way where you reach out to him right away. And if it's not him, then it, if the story leaks that we approach him, say we're approaching everybody. We're talking to yeah, everybody. Sure. Sure. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, I would love that. And I, and I'm not gonna, you know, like, if you could pull it off, all in for it. My thought was more, and I don't know the names, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's not like coaches where, you know, I follow, you know, but my thought is, is somebody who's a, who's a good athletic director on the, you know, Mountain West Conference USA American athletic level, somebody mm-hmm. who's looking, you know, who's moving up in this world yeah. and has shown they can operate in today's college sports culture because you you said it you know when i was comparing to 2008 then you said you know the stuff about nil like you know in a way you can't compare to 2008 you really even can't compare to 2018 things have changed a lot in the last few years college sports and you need somebody who is comfortable operating in that world and you know that's why i say a current ad is to be the you know i don't know the name i don't know the person i don't you know man woman i don't care no, uh, you know, that, that doesn't work out. I don't, you know, you can hire a Jen Cullen was at Washington and now she yeah. just went to USC. Give me a woman who could do a good job. I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, I, I don't care. I will tell you what I'm not excited about. And this is not a knock, but I've already seen some people wanting Rocky back. Me too. And it's like, I, I'm not, a, I, I'm not in for that either. I we, don't we need a fresh need, start. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I, I, I mean, I, I know he got some, some love here. What did he work under Ray Anderson? Remind me of the timeline. I believe at the start and then was gone. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I know, and I know he's an ASU alum, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, so there is that, you know, sort of what you said about Greg Byrne, and I, you know, but, but again, he's what's he doing now? Last I heard, he went to what, like USA Swimming or something like that, wasn't it? Triathlon. That's where he left for? I think triathlon. Yeah. So again. You know, like, okay, you worked here nine years ago, whatever. The, the game the has changed. The world of college sports has changed a lot in that time. Yeah. 
And and so are you ready to jump back in and know what it takes? You might be, I mean, you know, like you might be, but I just, I just feel like this is a hire. You just, you really can't afford to screw up. No, because you, you screwed up a couple in a row and, and you, you know, I feel like it's a little bit opposite of where football wasn't hiring a coach. It was like, you, you got to take a chance. You got to take a chance on this Gillingham guy. Yes. He's young. Yes. He's never been a head coach, but man, what the hell? But if it works, you know, it's great. And if not, you know, right, he's going right. to ride and out down years either way to start. Exactly. Exactly. And if it doesn't work, then maybe you go the more conventional route the next time. But you know, you, you've gone the unconventional route with the AD again, I'd argue three times in a row. Yeah. Um, certainly the last two times and with not, su- not success, uh, uh, you know, there'll be things that you'd say, well, it wasn't, you know, they rebuilt the stadium and they added hockey and okay. Yeah. But we haven't, success overall. <clears throat> we haven't updated the basketball arena. No, we built no. a hockey arena, which instead feels misplaced to me as an alum. To me, it is. I agree. I you mean, know. we talked about that. Uh, you know, like, I, I, it's all well and good. If, if everything else was going well, then I'd be all for, like, oh, yeah, well, let's do hockey. Yeah, let's make hockey into a nice, fun little niche, you know, second-tier sport at ASU. Mm-hmm. But when football is circling the drain, as it's been, and basketball isn't circling the drain, but it's definitely just, like, on the hamster wheel. Yeah. Like, that's well, what the and basketball the, program feels like. We're just and, we're just running on the hamster wheel trying to get somewhere we never get anywhere. Well, and when you're rebuilding all of the other sports people here have like a passing interest in baseball, right. softball, women's basketball. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I just think it's it's gotta be a a smart hire. And a smart hire to me is someone who's doing this job right now. Who who you, you bring in and again, I've not said that about football coach and, and basketball coach because I don't necessarily agree with that, so especially football coach. Like, you know, if you've been a power five level coach and you're not now, that probably means you got fired and weren't very successful. So why why go that route? Yeah, I mean, um, unless you're unless we're throwing around huge money, it's right, probably a guy someone. who's on their way yeah. down. Which we're not. Yeah. You know, that that's the thing. When we were looking for a coach last year, we knew that wasn't the case. We knew we were not going to be, you know, uh, going and stealing the, you know, the up and coming head coach of, of, you know, TCU or whatever. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, but in, I mean, you're right. Like, if you could pay Ray Anderson what we paid him, then money should not be an object right. for whoever you're going to hire. And and so, you know, now the the changing conferences and the basketball arena, and I mean, there there are things about this job that will will scare some people off, probably. And now, you know, Michael Crow and his influence, I'm sure there are people who would say, well, you know, I might be intrigued by working in Tempe, but eh, I don't know about X, Y, Z. But still, like, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to get a good candidate. No. You go make the call, I think. And and for me, it's burned, but it could be anybody. But you start at the top of your list because financially speaking other than i think ohio state was it ohio state and usc maybe yeah like we were the third highest paid ad we Which were paying more than we're, just, I mean, we're paying more than notre dame we're playing paying more than alabama more than florida like it's it's crazy given that all we ever do is you know hear about how we we just don't have the money yeah uh you know we're just not at that level and then considering that we're, we were paying someone who 
God, I think strong consensus was was not doing a good job. And I know, you know, social media and fan reaction is not a great gauge of anything. But still, like but I, national you know, media. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, how many people outside of like Ray Anderson's closest friends and family would would say, you know, well, you know, he did a good job there. I don't, I don't know uh, that many. Uh, and we look. I think you and I gave him a very fair shake. We, you know, we were not against him from the start. We were not against him, even when he hired Herm. We both gave it a fair shake. We both bought in. Um, and there was a period of time that it looked like it was going to work out. Mm-hmm. And and you know, like I was willing to go right along with his plan and his his you know eight and four isn't good enough and and barely making a bowl isn't good. I'm, I'm on board with you, man. But you made the wrong hire to make that happen. Yeah. And and now we're you know God now we can only dream of eight and four at, at this stage of football. Again, at best we're going to have eight wins in two years, and that's unlikely. So you know, like give me back to eight and four. I'd take it probably for the moment. And he is he is very responsible for where we are. He brought in Herm, who brought in Antonio Pierce, and all these coaches who apparently thought the rules didn't apply, and. And now this is where we are, where, you know, it had to be burned down to the ground in order to try to rebuild the ashes. Yeah. I I think his tenure goes down as a failure. I For th- sure. I think For sure. really, truly, regardless of what Kenny Dillingham does with the football program. Because I, I, I think, think so, too. I think the yeah. failure of Herm Edwards, you, me, Sports media, like the athletic, local people, everybody was like, well, Dillingham has to be the guy. Like, he's young enough that he'll come cheap. He wants to be there. You should just go get him. It was not like, no, there's no partial credit. Like, no, and I'm not even sure how how much Ray played in that. I mean, there, there was always the thought last season. And it was never dispelled that I know that, like, is Ray Anderson really even leading this process? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not. So, you know, like, I don't even, yeah, I certainly don't think that if Kenny Dillingham turns this thing around and gets us to, you know, 10 win seasons and, and, you know, big 12 championship games that we can say, Oh, well, you know, Ray brought him in. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think Kenny Dillingham brought himself in yeah. and, and expressed interest and had the, you know, the resume and the, and the pedigree and the lack of experience so that he didn't have to be paid a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, and the price tag. <laughs> right, right. You know, I mean, it all it all came together to make it, like you said, kind of an obvious choice. So, no, I certainly don't think that he should get, I mean, you know, we've talked about for years, like Ray Anderson was brought in from a football background, and his biggest move was getting rid of Todd Graham after a surprisingly good season. You know, a bad 2016, horrible 2016 finish. But you when they could have fire fired him, and it would have made sense. Yeah. But they brought him back, and we went 7-5 and five with no expectations. A year kind of like last year. We're like, oh, this team's going to be bad. We won seven games, beat Arizona, and he fires him the next day. And, okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. But then it was the brood to bring in Herm that, you know, worked for a short time. Mm-hmm. But ultimately resulted in in the program, you know, a smoldering pile of ashes. Yeah. So I guess in light of all of that, 
it's going to be a critically important hire that's going to set the tone for probably the rest of Michael Crow's tenure as president. Because uh, athletically, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is all I care know. about. I, you which know. is what I care about too. It's not what he cares about. Which is clear. I know. <laughs> you know, which is the problem or a problem. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it is it is going to be very interesting to see who it is, um, whoever it is. I'll. I'll give them a fair shake because I, I believe in, you know, I mean, I, look, neither of us thought Herm Edwards was a good hire. And yet we gave him, I mean, I, I remember saying like, well, you know, maybe it'll work out. And in, yeah. in this case, I'm not going to know much about the person. Hopefully. Yeah. Let's just say that. I'm just going to put that little asterisk on things. God almighty, I hope they don't promote somebody from within. That's yeah. that, that I will not give a fair shake. That. You can you can fill in the name I, that I'm thinking. I know. Um, I I know who uh, it is, and people who listen yeah. to this know who it is. Cause, yeah, because no one so, listens so to this, so that will change things if that happens. I will I will not give that a fair shake to try to succeed. Um, but you know, if it's somebody anybody from the outside, I'm not going to know much about him. Even if it's Rocky Harris, like okay, he was here. Like, what does he do in that role? I, who knows? Um, so we'll see. You know, it'll take time and and. We'll see how it goes, but, you know, like I said to you in text and, and earlier, you know, this is this is step one of hopefully a five- or six-step process that results in, you know, resuscitating my belief in Arizona State Athletics because it's at an all-time low. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and today's news, coupled with the honestly exciting way we won on Saturday, was a little bit like, hey— Maybe maybe there's still a flicker in this relationship. Maybe we maybe we still got some. Well, let's talk a little bit about Saturday. So the Devils go into the Rose Bowl for the final time. Yeah. As conference rivals with UCLA, Brian Ward's defense smothers Chip Kelly's offense. Just smothers yeah. it. Yeah. And now two two you know quick Devils advocate point. Their top two quarterbacks were hurt. Yeah. So, you know, and it's not a good offense anyway. But nonetheless, credit where it's due, very good defensive game plan and execution. Well, and they they played the game in you know, in sync offensively and defensively. They did. You they saw did. what was coming and so you decided, "Hey, we're going to throw everything out yeah. at them yeah. offensively." But once we got a lead, especially once we were up ten nothing, it was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's it, pack it in. We're just yeah. we're running the yeah, clock, yeah. starting in the third quarter, basically. Did you see the the sequence of false starts? The, in- the intentional false starts, yeah, yeah. I know he said they weren't intentional, but they were clearly intentional. Uh, you know, four straight like delay a game false starts in order to keep the clock running. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it was it was something out of you know you see it sometimes in basketball and you could see it more in the old days when the you know with no shot clock where you know you could just get a little bit of a lead and then just you know play keep away and do every imaginable trick up your sleeve to you know it's it's the Villanova Georgetown game basically you know I, don't, I mean it's not a national championship game but you know like you just find a way and that was what that game was man I mean we. We started Jalen Conyers at quarterback. Uh, Cam Scadaboo played quarterback and played punter. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was it was throwing everything at the wall and see how much of it sticks and enough of it stuck to get a win. Yeah, and, and I want to take a moment to commend Kenny Dillingham. One for sure for you know sharing the credit for where the idea came from, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, for, yeah. for being transparent about like yeah, this we but <laughs> but also. For actually doing it, for having the guts to just be like, yeah, yeah, no, we're we're running swinging gate. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I like we like. I mean, look, I'm not going to be happy if he's still saying this in two years because we should be better talent wise. But you know, when he said like, I looked at what they had defensively, and you know, do I want to do I want to you know get my quarterback killed seventy times? No, but I mean, you know, yeah. like yeah, you you know what you are and you know what you're not, and no. what we're not is a you know drop back passing team. We don't have the offensive line to do it. it, so you figure something out. To go cross sport, it felt a little like Herb Sendek's first year, it did. where it was it like, did. okay, well, none of this is going to work if we just roll the ball out and see who's better. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, ugly no. it up a bit and you make- figure a way out to compete. And you know, I know we've had a couple of horribly ugly losses. Obviously, Utah mm-hmm. last week was just a demolition, and then the you know shutout by Fresno at home. And you can't eliminate those. I'm not trying to do the, well, if you take those two out. I'm just saying, aside from those two, we have been a competitive team. And we should be probably getting blown out more based on the talent and the injuries that we have. We should probably have been blown out about six times this year. And it's only happened twice. So that's altogether not too shabby. To that point, one of the things that I think is important to focus on with this is they got blown out a week ago and then just came back yeah. on the road and beat UCLA. Like that yeah. UCLA is yeah. a bowl eligible team. I know they were without right. their quarterbacks, but they've got no, it's talent. A good team. You it's know, it's a good team, and and you know they've beaten good teams this year, and and you know on the road uh, is is you know good to get a win. I mean that's Dillingham's first road win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it's just it's a good thing. Again, you know, I after the Colorado game when we went into the bye. And, it, you know, and then after the Washington game when we lost, it's just like, man, can we get something out of the back half of this season to feel good about it? And then the Washington State win was that. And the Utah loss was not. I mean, there was nothing positive to take from that at all. But then you get this and it's like, all right, well, no, you know, now you got a couple home games. Oregon is really, really, really good. But I would I be surprised if we are at least in the game in the second half? No, I wouldn't. Because I, I think he'll just he'll find a way to stir something up to you know make it interesting. I don't think we'll win, but to, to make them sweat a little bit, like well, well, we we better we better keep our foot on the pedal here, or, or this game could get away from us. Well, and that's you know we we've talked about, and I know I've harped on how it feels like the team hasn't quit, but like they got blown out by Utah, and they came back and won another game this year. Yeah, like, totally, the, the totally. Fact, I mean, know, now you know. I even said last week, like, was the Washington State win all we had? Was it like, you know, uh, well, you know, that we got something, and boy, that Utah loss was one that made you think, like, oof, are these last three weeks going to be ugly because we just, like, man, we, we shot our wad emotionally to try to, you know, get one win. But then we come back and win another one. And, you know, can you get one more? Hey, I mean, I, I was talking about Oregon. Arizona has had a surprisingly good season, and they're a good team, but... You know, we got them at home, and if we throw everything at them, hey, maybe we could pull off an upset there. 
I think there's a chance. I'm not betting on it. I'm not saying, oh, we're the better team. We're not. We're not the better team against pretty much everybody we play right now. But we're not the better team than UCLA either, and we just beat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you never know. I mean, you know, like, it's, it's just, even if we lose the next two, I feel like we will come out of this season feeling like we got a, we got a coach and a staff that, you know, know what they're doing and that are willing to do everything they can to, you know, to win. And now it's about getting better talent. I mean, that's, that's what the next, you know, few months needs to be all about. Hit that portal, hit the high school recruiting. And, and by the time you get back together in spring ball, you need to be more talented and deeper. But I think they could do that too, because they've shown, you know, mm-hmm. a, a pretty good ability to do that so far. Well, I, I will share another thing, which is if you are a quarterback, for example, mm-hmm. and you look at the quarterback for Oregon and the quarterback for Florida State, and yeah. what they did before he got there and what they did after, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, maybe. No, I agree. I, I think we should be active for a transfer quarterback. And I don't know if Rashada's going to stay or not, um, but I don't think it should matter. Like, if he stays, great. But I absolutely think we should be going after a guy who's good enough to start. If, if Rashada outplays him, awesome. If mm-hmm. Rashada leaves... And we end up with whoever that guy is. That's okay too. But I, yeah, I totally agree. Like this guy's a good coach of quarterbacks. Um, he helped resuscitate Bo Nix's career. And and you're right. You know, Jordan Travis was was uh, you know on a, his a, way to receiver running, or transfer. A hybrid, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, a, you know, hybrid quarterback, running back, receiver, and has turned into one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Now that isn't you know, I mean, like you know. That's happened since he left there, too. But still, like, he's touched two of the top quarterbacks in the country in his coaching, you know, last few years. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll throw one out there. If if uh, Chip Kelly gets fired at UCLA, go after Dante Moore. Oh, for sure. I mean, he, you know, he might leave there, uh, you know. Well, you he, had he a relationship with him with recruiting- well, I was going to say, you have a relationship when he was recruiting him to Oregon. He does. So, I mean, you know, now he had he's had some ups and downs this year. I mean, he's had some ugly games. As a true freshman, you're going to. Um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd throw my hat in that ring. Uh, why not? So, uh, you know, or whoever. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a more experienced guy. You know, maybe it's a guy with only one year left. And, and he's looking, you know, for a place to land or something. But, yeah, I, I think we got to go after that position we certainly got to go after offensive linemen yeah and and many of them um you know but but yeah i'm i'm just i'm just encouraged by again seeing a coaching staff that feels like okay you know we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to win we're not just gonna say it it's easy to say it you know we're we're gonna we're gonna try everything and then you know then you watch the game it's like well we're running the same offense and we we're running the same defense, and you know, we're you know, this was the game plans this year, starting with USC. I remember that USC game. It was like we're running, you know, reverses and Scadaboo's playing quarterback, and it's like, hey, man, this this guy's doing everything he can to try to succeed. Yeah, he he's approaching the game, and I know we talk about new coaches, young coaches, but he's a, 
approaching the game, I think, the way you want coaches to approach the game now, which is we're trying to win. It it losing by three and losing by fifty-two is a loss. It's still a loss. So yeah. we're gonna play yeah. the game to try to win. And yeah. if it doesn't yeah. work yeah. And, and it might fail in spectacular fashion, especially if we're on our fourth string quarterback. Well, and I was going to say that as I was talking about those two blowouts, I mean, both of those are games where we've had to play Jacob Conover most of the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how many teams outside of maybe the, you know, the super, super talented, you know, Georgia's, Ohio State's, Alabama's, whatever, could be down to their fourth quarterback and, you know, still be pretty good? Not many. Yeah. And certainly not a team with the personnel that we had coming into the year. Take away the guys who were hurt. Like, just just everything. Like, you know, you say, oh, well, Rashada, Pine, and Borgay are unavailable for a game. You know, we're, we probably don't have much chance to succeed, and that has been proven accurate. Yeah. But when we've had one of the three, even just one, we've found a way to at least compete. Pine started the USC game. We were, you know, down by seven, had the ball in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, Borgay has started most of the year, you know, uh, had a fourth quarter lead at Washington. You know, tied with Colorado with, with, you know, less than a minute to go. They kick a field goal to win it at the last minute. Uh, you know, like we've, we've been in games. Rashad only started the two. But he beat Southern uh, Utah. Beat Southern Utah. And we had, you know, we had a halftime lead against Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Got shut out in the second half. You know, but like when we've had one of the three available, we've at least competed, if not found a way to win three of those games now. So I guess with that in mind, I would I would say that this season so far through ten games is a qualified success. Yeah, you know, it's, if you're grading on a curve, which you had to for what you, you had to coming into the year, we had to grade on a curve, and then seeing how it's played out, the curve gets even sharper. Yeah. I, I think it's a you know it's a B B minus something like that. Yeah, uh, you know, I and, mean, it, it's it's passing. We've passed the class, if yeah. nothing else. Well, and and I, now we have a chance to up the grade in the final exam. I think the the off-field moves have also been good. They, you know, formalizing Kenny's one-year extension mm-hmm. is good, mm-hmm. and renegotiating Ward's contract to basically make it very unappealing for someone to come poach him this offseason. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I those two things were nifty bits of business that should help for at least one season of stability for recruiting and for the X's and O's. You know, I, I'm, no, I agree. I'm glad I agree. to see it, and I think it's good. Uh, totally. And, and it, uh, you know, going into next year, and again, we don't know the personnel that we're going to have playing for us yet. It's probably going to look a fair amount different because it has to. But, you know, Failing next year, you've you've thrown it out there a couple times. Like, what is your expectation for next year? And you know, seeing those things that you just mentioned, seeing the couple of wins we've gotten, you know, my expectation is that we're a, we're an over five hundred team next year yeah. uh, because I think we've got the staff to do it. And so then, if you get the players to you know give you more depth and more talent, why not? And you're going into a conference that I don't believe is as good as the one we're coming out of, yeah. at least how they are right now. Maybe five years ago, you know, but like, there's there's no Washington, there's no Oregon, there's no USC in the conference we're going to, and there's no Texas and Oklahoma there either. Right, right. You know? So I mean, like we're, you know, it's it's a we've talked about it. Like I feel like it's a 
it's a conference that has a lot of teams in that mid tier. Mm-hmm. There's a there's you know there's going to be 16 teams in the conference, and maybe 12 of them will feel like they're in that they're in that middle tier of teams in the Power Five or Power Four, I guess. Um, that you know, hey, if things break right, could we make a 12 team playoff? Yeah, you probably could because all you got to do is win the conference. And and with no big dog, like well, why not? Now, I don't think we're going to be in that position next year. But could we be, you know, top half, top third of the conference? You know, no. I, don't I mean, think that's I, out of the realm of possibility. I would say on that like twenty-five to seventy-five bell curve, like uh-huh. the meaty part, I would say a five and seven season is probably the low end of like I'm comfortable with it. Next year. Yeah, and I think yeah. a, you know, I think an eight-win season is not off the table. You know, I, I don't think, either, no. I no, think you I grabbed agree. at least two non-conference wins, and then you yeah. look around yeah. and, you know. Yeah, I mean, the non-conference is, is a, it's an interesting, because we get Mississippi State, who fired its coach today, so mm-hmm. not sure what they'll be. They've, they've been rough this year, um, you know, but, but we get them. Wyoming is a, is a solid program, not to be taken lightly, but, you know, uh, and then the conference season, uh, you know, there's nobody on the schedule that is like, well, you know, you chalk that up there. We got no chance at that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we're going to win them all. I mean, make that very, very clear. I've got it all saying like, we're going to be the favorite in every game we play. We're not. No. But but there's nobody I look at like in the past where you looked and, and thought like, well, we, we got to go to Oregon this year. Well, there's a loss. Or we got USC this year. Well, there's a loss. You know, there, there's no one like that. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, it's a it's a long ways from that point. But again, I just feel like the last few weeks, the exception being the, the Utah result, obviously. But you know, since the bye, very competitive loss against an undefeated, you know, top five team in the country, and two wins. It's like, well, all right, you know, there's enough there to make me think, like, you know, the, the future looks brighter than the present. Yeah. And it hasn't felt that way for a bit. I I agree. Could not agree more. Um, let's briefly, let's let's make some picks for this Oregon game. Yes. This weekend. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be competitive early, but uncompetitive late. And I'm I'm gonna say Oregon's gonna wind up somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna say thirty-eight to twenty-one. Okay. Yeah, I, I that's sort of in the ball. I think I'll I'll say that I'm not as optimistic we can score twenty-one because Oregon's defense is pretty good. Now maybe we get some weird stuff or something, but I, I'll say I'll say thirty to thirteen. Yeah. I, I mean, think Oregon wins, but I think it might be it might be twenty to thirteen in the third quarter, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, yeah, what's going on there? You know, and and then their their talent will take over uh, yeah. as it should, you know. But uh, it it won't be a breeze for them, I don't think. I'd be surprised if it's like the Utah game, yeah. where it's like, oh, we're just outclassed from the start, especially at home. I I do feel right, like right. this is going to be one of those games where onside kick, fake punt, th- these these are on the table. Again, yeah, you know? yeah, I think so too. The, the one, I mean, and I, I'm not, I'm not accusing. I don't want this to sound like game fixing or anything. I don't think it is that. But you know, does Dillingham look across the way and think like, hey, these these are my guys, man, and they got a chance to make the playoff. Like maybe I play them straight up and see if I can beat them. 
I don't think that. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't really think so. But like, you know, do I do I want to screw with them? I don't know. Now, there's also that notion of like, hey, they're my they're my buddies. I want to beat them. I want to show them superiority. That type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I I think that that may be the case, but on their first score, they'll go for two, and then I think it's they out will. the window. They will. You know, like I said, I'm not at all saying he's going to take the game. Don't mistake me there. Yeah. But it is a little bit like, well, you know, he coached this team last year, and they're on the they're on the precipice of, of maybe getting to the playoff. They're having a great year. They probably should have beat Washington. Looking back, like they're probably better than Washington. Well, they might Since get them, them again. It appears that way, and they they will probably get another chance at them if they. I mean, if they win their last two, they're in the conference title game and a pretty good chance they'll face Washington. So here's, so, but here's, we'll the, here's my question as an ASU fan. Would you want to lose this game to assure Arizona is out? I mean, I'm not opposed to the idea. Um, because I'm just I, throwing, yeah, I, I will, you know, I will like, tell you the, the sports writer in my heart is thinking, well, this is a team that's never won the Pacific Conference I know. in decades. I know. And here they are just sort of hanging around I know. in yeah. the number three yeah. spot. Now, if they lose to Utah, which they have Utah this week. It's done. They're right. pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's that game, I think, is overlapping the ASU game. I mean, it's our little, I think it's 1230 and ASU starts at two. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, I don't know who would who would win a, Oregon and Arizona didn't play each other. So if they finish tied, do we know who would win that tiebreaker? I don't know. I don't either. I don't know what the next tiebreakers are. Like, they lost to Washington. So if they finish tied with Washington, they they wouldn't win that one. Washington, I mean, pretty sure this is accurate. Basic first grade math. The worst Washington could finish is 7-2. So if they they win one, they go 8-1, and and there's only one other team that has one loss, and that's Oregon. So Washington just needs to win one of the two games. Yeah, to get to the Pac-12 well, title. and Washington, if they win this week, will have a tiebreaker over there anyone is. who matters. Yes, you know. yes, yes. Oregon State has to win both yeah. to have a chance, and and they have and and so if Washington wins this week, they're in. And if Oregon wins this week, I don't know that it would be done unless unless Arizona also lost. Yeah, because then they'd have a two game lead on everybody else. I think because then I think it's just isn't it just Arizona and Oregon State have two losses? Yeah, in conference. So yeah, so so if Arizona loses and Washington and Oregon win, then we have the matchup, I guess. Yeah, which we'll see. I think Washington's going to lose this week, though, to Oregon State. I don't think it's going to end them. I think they'll beat Washington State, and they'll they'll still have a chance to make the playoff if they win. But Oregon State's really good at home, yeah. and that's at Corvallis. And I I just I think this is where the the undefeated end run ends for Washington. It'll be interesting for sure. It will be. It will be. I mean, they're a good team, and I. I don't say that because I think they're bad. I just think going to Oregon State and winning is tough, especially with this team. They're they're much better at home this year. Um. All right, let's briefly flip over to basketball, which uh, lost to Mississippi State, neutral site game <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. uh, in Chicago. Did not play well. Did not shoot well. No. Uh, looked like a team that had a bunch of new guys on it trying to figure out how to play together. It did. Um, but then come home, right the ship to avenge a Texas Southern embarrassing loss That's last right. season. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, hey, it's early. I mean, I, I'm just, I know it's cliche, but like November college basketball ultimately doesn't mean a whole lot. 
Uh, teams change a lot between then and, and, you know, February, March, when the conference season is in full swing. It was an ugly first game, but you, you, you know, by pointing out the Texas Southern loss reminded me that, like, you know, last year we had some ugly spots in November and December, and we ended up making a tournament. So, you know, it's a big old wait and see for me right now on, on the program and where they are. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's one of the takeaways for me is, you know, in the non-conference schedule, it basically just situates my non-Pac-12 rooting interests. Like, yeah. now I would like Mississippi State to be very good. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, It would exactly. be good if they were hurt. good. Yeah, you know? yeah. It won't if it be... turns out they're good, it's like, well, all right, you look at that and think like, well, you know. And, uh, a neutral and, site loss and, you know, first sure, game of the year, sure. that's, you know, can't. But if they, you know, wind up 0-18 in the SEC or yeah, something, it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 no, it's a... It was disappointing because I don't think Mississippi State is at least expected to be that good. And I thought, well, you know, okay, this is interesting. And as a barometer, it didn't go well. But mm. again, it, it's no bad. I mean, you know, I'm not comparing us to this program, but like Michigan State lost to James Madison. Oh, Michigan, oh my God. Like they do this every year, man. Michigan State always starts out slow. And, oh, you know, and then, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna probably finish top two or three in the Big Ten. They're going to get a, you know, top four seed in the tournament. And they're going to have a chance to make the final four. They they do it every year. So like uh, I can't get too riled up about November basketball because it's just so far from what we'll see when the when the real stuff starts happening in conference season and then the tournament. Yeah, I uh, I had to look during the game because I couldn't remember which Mississippi school Romello White transferred to. It was Ole Miss, but I. That's like, right. I was that's like, right. is this a Romello White revenge game? No. No, he's not still in college, is he? No, he is. Uh, I, okay. I Googled this. It's he's, hard to keep up. he's playing in the Greek Basket League. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, I was going to say, please God tell me he's not still in college, but you never know lately. It's like uh, guys, are, guys are in college tangibly a lot longer than they used to be. So I wasn't ruling it out. Yeah, he, uh, when was his last year at ASU? What was the last season? Do you do you know offhand? I don't. I twenty twenty the twenty twenty season. Okay, so he was on the team that probably would have made the tournament, but then yeah. there was no tournament. Okay, okay. Yeah, he as a junior averaged ten and eight, uh, posted eight double doubles, and then announced his transfer to yeah. Ole Miss. I remember him leaving, you know, and being disappointed he was leaving. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't think of Romello White, and this really probably dates me in terms of, like, maybe how much I clo- pay close attention to college basketball. I looked up to see, was Ben Howland still the coach of Mississippi State? He's, He's not. not. No. Um, and I don't think he has been for quite some time, as it turns out. Yeah. Well. But, but you know, I... That was my last association with them. Like, uh, is Ben Helen still their coach? Like, no, right? He's not. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, it's, I don't know. College basketball is all like, it just becomes like white noise to me too much, too much uh, until, you know, football season is completely over basically. And then it's like, well, all right, got to start catching up. But I just have a hard time investing too much. Like I saw Arizona beat Duke. Uh, and that's a good win, very impressive win on the road. I've been happy if Duke had won, yes. But like, uh, is Duke going to be the same team in March? No. Is Arizona? No. 
so I kind of feel like, you know, we've become so, so tournament obsessed with college basketball. It's like, should I care about November? It's tough to. Yeah. Call me a cynic. I probably am one, but. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. It's plenty of time for us to find out what's going on with it is, Bobby it is. Hurley's yeah. team. Yeah. But when you got, like you said, we got so many new guys. That's, that's one reason why it's like, man, what you see starting out the year, is not going to be the end result. That doesn't mean it's going to get better. Might get worse, but you know, like it's going to change one way or the other from how we're playing right now. So, kind of a you know, alert me after ten, twelve games, and then I'll make some judgments on where I think this team is. Yeah. Uh, oh, Patriots wave Jack Jones. So I saw that. I go. saw that. He got chance after chance there. I can't say I'm surprised or that it's unfair. Yeah, he's a he's a classic example of you know a lot of talent, but man, just just can't get out of his own way for one reason or another. Yeah. Um. Anyway, well, always fun to check in on ASU guys and what they're up to. Yep, yep, yep. I got to see Lou Dort last night play for the Thunder. That was fun. Nice. Uh, he, he, he looked pretty solid. Yeah. Nice to nice to be reminded of his days in maroon and gold. I'll tell you this, I did not see him making an $87 million contract in the NBA. No, no, I know. Pretty impressive. Like, I was talking to my dad, you know, my dad was asking me, like, did he go somewhere else after ASU? I'm like, no, he was a he was a one and done, but he went undrafted, surprisingly. I mean, I remember we were both mm-hmm. quite, quite surprised he went undrafted. Um, and, you know, made it through the G League and, yeah, has, has you know, he's now an NBA starter and, a, you know, cashed in and good for him, man. He, he's uh He's worked hard to get there. Absolutely. Um, well, look, we will be back to talk about the Oregon game and everything else that's going on. Uh, preview the season finale. How about that? We're already there. Last, The last two Pac-12 games for Arizona State football are at our doorstep. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.